0: Hey Emil,
1: hey how you doing?
0: Well, I feel pretty pumped, man. How about yourself? Look at that, it looks like you're sitting in a uh, in the in the front of a bomber.
1: It's the it's an actual three hundred and sixty panoramic I took at the opening of Star Wars uh there at Disney, so it's not yeah. even like a Google thing. It, <clears throat> I actually had the camera right in the middle of the cockpit, the Millennium yeah. Falcon. Just legit.
0: When I served in. Djibouti and Afghanistan, we had the opportunity, I had the opportunity to board the Russian-built aircraft, and they still use that, like, World War II uh, glass nose cone, and it was pretty cool. They still do Mm -hmm. that, yeah. I
1: I actually, uh, I used to uh, do simulations training there at Research Park, so I used to work, yeah, I used to um, actually work with the government a lot, so what you're saying aligns with, like, all, all the other stories I've heard from these vets and you know yeah. guys that that were still working a service that come back as civilians. So I'm glad I mm-hmm. can stir that memory. It's it's pretty amazing. What 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 stick are you smoking?
0: This is a Rocky Patel. Are you okay. an aficionado?
1: Yeah, I um actually I'm, I'm really good friends with JB at uh, Corona.
0: All right, okay. He That's owns right. it. I think <laughs> I think you're much better connected than I am.
1: <laughs> actually, I met Rocky Patel and like. 2003 ish really
2: yeah
1: at the uh, art, yeah when he first started out um, yeah and so um yeah i'm um, actually i'm good friends with the perdomos uh, perdomos mm. yeah a family. dude i i probably smoked 300 one year i did yep. 60 in six days at the at the tobacco conference in vegas
0: wow and, see uh, we haven't been yeah. we haven't been speaking with each other more than three minutes and i already feel this energy that we're practically on you know <laughs> that's
1: right man it's all the yeah. vibes
0: yeah yeah you. you know my wife is brazilian
1: okay and,
0: and they ha- there's an expression in in brazil it actually comes from i think the yoruba language they say ashe and if you remember star wars may the force be with you yeah that's kind of what ashe is
1: so, okay. how, so, how so this is star wars the ewoks speak tagalog which is filipino and i'm filipino
0: Oh, Filipino ka?
1: Yes. Well, yeah, wow. first generation American. Do you, you yeah. speak
0: some Tagalog?
1: I I have it in a while, but I know when my mom's yelling at me in profanities.
0: I <laughs> I, I only know a little kitchen Tagalog, and that was yeah. from being a supply officer. Yeah. You see, historically Filipino. You know how, how there's been the, every every ethnicity, every race has had their own story in the yeah. U.S.? Yeah. And the stories, one of the stories for the Filipinos is that one of the ways that they were able to get to the U.S. and get citizenship was through the military.
1: Yeah. And my uh, my might, stepdad's American.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you so might I, remember, like, for example, how like in old World War II movies, most of the mess cooks were, were African-American.
2: Yeah.
0: But something similar existed for the Filipinos. It was mostly supply and I forget the other rating. Supply yeah. and another rating. So yeah, my, that that's why you'll find so many Filipinos in the in the uh, Navy, especially who yeah. are in supply.
1: Yeah. Well, it's funny as a nation or country, nation. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it, it's funny because we're all doctors or or or, or nurses or or supporting cast. Uh-huh. You know, servitude is something we take to heart in in our culture. And so, even though you know that was one way to get citizenship, which how my mom got it in six in sixty eight Uh uh-huh and she she remembers when you know my american father was like she's like well there's a white or black bathroom and she's like which one to go to and he's like go to the white one Uh and so even then and even now um you know when i first got my license i had to pick white or black because back then there was no other other there's no but you're not that old i'm 48 man
0: you, really he's actually older yeah. than that we we have to find out what kind of vitamins this guy takes
3: <laughs> my goodness brown do crack from what i'm here
0: yeah <laughs> i <laughs> wonder if lots, i'd be
1: lots I of cigars if, and whiskey don <laughs> yeah yeah
0: you know what if we were to go back in time i don't think for you it would be an issue because the latino is uh-huh. but yeah. i wonder what whether I, how would i be classified you know i my parents they immigrated god bless them they both passed on but they immigrated from the middle east from iran Okay, yeah. now, I know that Iran, the Iranians are considered to be Aryans, but I don't look very Aryan, do I, no, I mean,
3: <laughs> you could pass them a Latino be yeah, it or not yeah
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I, I wonder how how would I would fit in there, you
3: know no that the good thing is that we're living in a different in a different age now that we get to define like what we are as a person and a yeah. human being and as an intellectual rather yeah. than actually
1: you know worrying about what we look like. Well, so, um, growing, we, growing up gonna, in the south, growing up in the south, I found out about racism at eight years old when I went to um, school and someone asked, "What are you?" I'm like, "I don't know," I'm a and then I go home and ask mom, and that's when I found out I was Filipino. But I didn't know yeah. the cultural thing until I grew up, right? Yeah. But like, and I, I was one of three people, three brown people, mm-hmm. um, first three brown people in '87 at an all-white uh, uh, college prep school. And so it was historical. It's funny because like now it's kind of like a DEI inclusion and stuff like that. But I'm like, oh, man, I actually lived it or I have my mom's story to talk about it. Right. Yeah. So it, it's now and I never checked off the 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 affirmative action stuff when I, I was trying to go to college. And I, I just was I'm going to do it on myself. Mm-hmm. So I didn't look at it that way. And growing up in the South, there were times where they, you know, I was reminded of it. And, and uh-huh. here's the funnier thing, even with my wife, I'm married to a Caucasian lady now and mm-hmm. uh ex-wife was argentinian Yeah. So, um go brazil so um i i live in an 800 person town in the middle of south carolina they don't know what i do if they just looked at me mm-hmm. you know i gotta be careful and mm-hmm. i literally whenever i go shopping now that i you know I'm I'm, I'm I'm paranoid but to your point you know they they don't have distinctions of what brown is so
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh uh-huh. Even if I look funny, they might say some things like even now. So I always wear my ACDC hat just uh-huh. like, you know, just to kind of not fit in, but just
2: uh-huh.
1: to identify second guess. Right. Because you know what, I mean? what
3: you're what you're discussing, and um, this is the thing is that I've I've actually been like, you know, uh, lucky enough to know people that tell me how to act. Uh in a certain environment. And I hate the fact that we have to get this training wise, but first impressions, as I tell everyone, it's like, it's, it's everything. So if the person has a, like a biased opinion of who you are and what you look like, you know, that they're going to automatically assume that that's when they see a brand like ACDC on your head, Oh, that person's into the same thing I'm into. So we're not
1: really that different. Why was I thinking this? Mm -hmm. Well, so, so the, the, the common thing that I've learned growing up, you know through all my different lifetimes is that and this is what happened right now
2: uh-huh.
1: i always i learned my first bit of wisdom was to let my reputation precede me why mm. because if ness is talking about me to you then before yes. i enter the room you already have that expectation it's Correct. up to me to like live up to it and i had to do that here because not i mean i look young right now for 48 but think of how much younger i looked in my 20s and i was yeah. still trying to get up in the world and i'm short. And I'm Asian and I'm like, I have everything against me. So I always utilize my my cohorts, my 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 friends to like amplify who I was, but not to hype me up. But I think everybody needs, you know, that's what networking is to me. It's like my foot has gotten in so many doors because of my um my ability to make friends along the way and then they vouch for me. And it's literally how I've gotten my my livelihood. But um, but yeah, to your point, Ness, like um it, it it's being taught to be put in your place isn't a bad thing like now they're like oh no listen i'm a air force brat so you know you're in the service don like it's a federal offense if you speed one mile over the speed limit on base you know what i mean and i learned that as a kid and if you if you get in trouble no you don't get in trouble your family gets in trouble because someone's talking to the ceo or whoever's whoever's in charge of your dad's job so i i learned that way and I'm a recovering Catholic. So there's so many lines where I was taught discipline. And I think that's the number one thing. It's just discipline to not look at it in a negative way, but how it could help me to maneuver myself. So I was fortunate because I had dragon lady, Asian mom, you know, uh, Air Force brat um, hierarchy of of things, you know, in the outside world and then being Catholic. And so it sucked growing up. But now I'm like, this is what I feel is the missing component for people to just like, just swallow the pill, move forward and stop whining about it. So to your point, yeah. I mean, I don't mind falling in line. I don't mind being a follower to be a great leader, but you know, it's perception.
0: How did you become self-aware?
1: Partly what we talked about, discipline in my upbringing and you understanding know. like, hey, when you grow up, you're going to do this. So, you know, go to college, go to all those things, run the line. Okay. I, I, I had to. You know, straight A student, and then I figured out I didn't want to put more time in the studies. I wanted to do uh-huh. extracurricular stuff, but then I was a fine artist. Like I'm literally, I come from a line of artists. My middle name is Picasso. My son's yes. middle name is Like in the Philippines, my uncle's a professor of art, so that's where it starts. Uh huh. So visual arts to me is starting there. Uh huh. Because I was a prodigy art kid.
0: So far, um, very right brain. Keep going.
1: Correct. Yeah. And so. On the right side of my brain is literally my DNA. So I, I mm-hmm. as an adult, I know my DNA. So mm-hmm. my right side came from uh, genes and it was just my way of doing it. When I grew up, I had to figure out, okay, which medium do I like? Do I like oil, paint, acrylics, whatever? Mm-hmm. I took art lessons. And then, um, yeah, I'm 14 years old in a room full of 40 year old women at the Artist Guild in Sumter, South Carolina. And so that's when I kind of, to your point, um, was aware. I was aware of, wow, I'm a kid. My mom had to drop me off to be with these adult women who already have been painting and, and I knew I had a, a gift, but it really was apparent that day. And then it benchmarked me for, okay, I'm gonna go to college for art. So I was going to go to SCAD. Yes. Right. So I was going to go to SCAD and then um, South Canada, Carolina. art Savannah, Savannah, Savannah yeah. College of Art and Design. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then that's around the time that video started getting to be hotter as a you know, college, because before it was primarily film, right? Yes. There was no full sale. There was none of that. It, it was art schools, Pearsons, Parsons. Uh-huh. I remember schools, Parsons. All formalities, right? Yeah, yeah. And, there was, and it was literally the only college that had video. That's hard. It's, that's really hard to comprehend nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like, there was no East Coast uh, college that mm-hmm. had video. So I was, because of my art background, I'm like, well, I want to conquer that medium, too. Right. I was going to, and then Um, my awareness I'm glad you said that so my awareness happened when my both of my parents knew I was an artist Uh some family um and they were like no we're not going to pay for school we're not going to like um sign you know loans or anything and I was like what I got you know I got into college as a junior and now you're saying you're not going to support me like and you so that first awareness of entrepreneurship kind of happened at that moment because now i have to learn to be self-reliant right i can't even rely on my own parents mm. so i think that's part of the hunger of what you have in entrepreneurialism yes. Then, mm-hmm. you
2: know
1: what i mean then i was like all right well then what what can you offer me like what do you do with what you got what you have right like every, every person does when they try to yes. and some whining about it what can i do about it so they're like well you could go to college here i'm like all right fine i gotta just stop crying about not going to art college in my dreams let me let me go to college here so with the usc for a semester. And then I got accepted to do the- um, USC Disney is
0: course. in the University of Southern California or South Carolina? Uh,
1: South Carolina. Yeah, okay. so I was born and raised, raised in South Carolina. So I went to to, to USC for about a semester. Um, I heard, or I got a letter from the media arts department, not even video. I, I was trying to be in there, journalism, college of journalism It was, was under there. So I got asked to go to this um, open um, invite, interview process at the auditorium, Tournament, two hundred other people, uh-huh. to 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 try and get in on this internship at Disney. Okay, you know, kind of every person's dream to work there, especially in right. the art. And so I was like, man, yeah, I was one of twenty people that got accepted in '94. Mm. And so um, That's not bad. no nah. So I was like, all right, cool. Uh, so I went there. First semester, learned hospitality um was it marketing um you know communications all that stuff in a semester and then i networked because now the hunger started building i'm like all right i'm in orlando first time i've ever been outside the state by myself lived in orlando for that one semester fall of 94 and and i worked at the disney mgm studios at the time and i was networking like crazy i'm like even on my off time i would see film crews like if i saw someone like Ness. And he's carrying it could be somebody from grip anybody i'm Mm -hmm. like hungry i'm like hey what do you do on set how do you do it hey y'all have any open spots i'll work for free i'll sweep the floors and i met one of six production managers on set at disney mgm studios i think his name is john defoe or somebody like that anyways he um he got me an interview and he and i got a job as a pa starting next semester Right mm-hmm. in, 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 in spring of J- January, spring of or,
0: or 1995. Production assistant. But, yeah. Okay.
1: Without a degree. And, and all- I was like, cool. And so I went to my mom. I'm like, hey, I got to continue school. So I'll try to go to UCF. This one, UCF only had trailers. It's <laughs> like, I'll do that. But uh-huh. I just need 300 bucks to, uh you know, uh, put my deposit down on a, an apartment and then right. I'll fill the rest no come back home go to school strike two in my life of my parents let me down Mm -hmm. and then cried and then what do i do now i looked at it i was like i need to get out of here and so now it's even more relevant. now i know i could survive six months in a in in a city like orlando as a 19 year old yes um and i was like shit i got the job my my parents wouldn't even let me get i was like do you understand it's hard to get a PA job after college. I just yes. got it as a didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. Wanted the control. Okay, fine. I go home. I let her pay for that semester. And then I was like, listen. And I was working at the mall at the time at this right. place called Camelot Music. I'm sure you guys have Camelot been Camelot Music. Wow. So so I was working retail for on the weekends, going to school to week in that semester. And I was like, fuck it. Um, I asked the manager, I was like, Hey, what would it take for me to get into the management training program? Because I knew that if I want to get back to Orlando. I couldn't go there as an hourly employee. I had to go in there as a um, a, per, a person of, of more stature and more responsibility. So you were saying <laughs> you were Camelot Music, and you needed to be a person of
3: value in order to be transferred properly yeah. to Orlando, relocated.
1: Yeah, because I knew I would be one of the 200,000 migrating to Orlando at minimum wage. Yes. So may I ask
3: you a question? Like, I, like, what made you think that that's the only thought, that that was your thought process? Where did you pick that that that, that sense or experience to know that that's what
1: you needed to do? Because I just looked at my resources around me. Like, mm-hmm. I was already working in, I was, I was, I, so it's, um, I audited myself, right? Mm-hmm. So I said,
0: self-audit. I admit,
1: yeah, self audit, and you know, there's there's no words when you're just doing it, right? Like there's right. words now you could Google it, but back then it was just literally survival, and mm-hmm. and then now I could work backwards and find which word matches it. Mm-hmm. So I literally was in survival mode, and I was like, all right, I'm working at Camel on the weekends, uh, being school's a drag because I already knew I could, I, I didn't need schools to get this job. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like that. That's the wicked thing in my head, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like I was less or I had like um, uh, imposter syndrome or anything. Mm-hmm. I was just like. I got it. It was right in front of me and it was Naturally. taken away by my right. family.
3: Organ- so organically like, as they say now. Yeah.
1: Organically. So I was like, all right, look, what, what, what resources do I have in front of me to get over there? Right. Mm-hmm. Without, without getting silly or, 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 or irrational. So uh-huh. I was like, all right, uh, there's a management program. I could get salary and then and I'll, I'll work it for a year. Right. And still I'm considered a, a sophomore in college. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'll work it a year and then um and by that time then i could move to orlando with the management um Mm
2: -hmm.
1: status and then i could get a job and then work my way up there and then see what happened go and then go back into the studio whatever i needed to do because if i was able to do that remotely i Mm -hmm. I have a better chance at you know doing it there because there's more opportunity so that's what i did and so i asked my manager i was 19 and he was like well we weren't gonna ask you because you know you just left disney like, you know, I'm literally got the best customer service in my whole division. Training. The company, mm-hmm. Right. Training. And so we were going to ask you because we know you're going to finish school. I'm like, no, finishing school is not on the books right now. I got to get out of here. He's like, all right. Yeah. Here's the awareness part two that helped me out, Don. My manager said, hey, talk to the regional, but we know you'll get in. But when you do, we're going to fire you after two years. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, we already see inside of you. Yeah. That you have something and we know we would be, and this is at a time where you could work a retail job and, and make a living, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and retire, yeah. you know, yeah. and this guy himself, he was like 38 at the time, right, with mm-hmm. with kids. And he tells me this as a 19, he's like, we're going to fire you after two years because, you know, we know you want to learn from this. And then, you know, a if lot. you're here after that, we, we got to kind of force you out because we already know what you be, can become. And we and don't so, want to trap you. right? No. And, and so, but there's a lot of people that get trapped because it kind of, some people need it. I, I, mm. If it weren't for him, he was the first person professionally that allowed me to be me and then helped guide me. And even to this day, I still talk to him. People call them mentors and coaches now, but he was literally my first one when it comes to business. And like, it was your stuff. first
0: break really.
1: Yeah, it was really. Yeah. So, so I worked this, I I managed a store in Charleston right um and uh i became like the number one store in the country because i trained everybody up disney style and i'm like 20 at this time and it's like i had to get my assistant manager to buy me beer you know i was i was in control of like a million dollar store seven people 14 at tops at 20 years old for the situation to move me out so i left i moved to orlando uh in 97 right and and so um in 97, I moved with $300 in my pocket, um, my my then-girlfriend, and everything in a U-Haul truck. Um, uh, slept on my friend's couch for two weeks uh, off of Kirkman Drive, and then, um, and then stayed there for 10 years. And then during that 10 years, I worked my way up from – the funnier thing is, my girlfriend had a degree from Penn State and tried to get an HR job, right? And she eventually did. She worked for the Peabody. She worked in HR for Darden, like she was, you know, um, uh, an HR manager that hires all the general managers for all of Red Lobster, stuff like that, right? Oh, yes. But when we got there, and it's, it's funny because my plan kind of worked loosely, three days into being in Orlando, like sleeping on my friend's couch, I got a job before she did. <laughs> oh, wow. And and yeah, I was, I was the, the, the bedding manager for Bed Bath & Beyond on iDrive. Mm-hmm. In that store, that's the... Top grossing part of of the store, so I like I know my retail, right? And there's, yes, there's a part and of retail, my retail is a
0: very tough business. Yeah, so I, well, so I was in retail too, but we'll we can get to that another time.
1: That that's literally what plays into what I do digitally, and I'll, I'll, I'll show the connection. Um, so got got into bed bath beyond, girlfriend's with me. Now we could afford you know an apartment again. Like, uh-huh. and I think she's that already time,
0: graduated from Penn State. Oh yeah, she we
1: met at the college program at Disney. You know, she moved and that kind of thing. So that's how we kind of met. But yeah, mm-hmm. she wanted to make her way down. But she, you know, she made her way down from me, and then together we went together, um, try to get our first apartment. And that's when I reached out to my mom again. Right?
2: Mm-hmm. I was like,
1: hey, I need three hundred bucks for a down payment. First thing she's like, "It's your problem." Click. So talk about awareness. It's like, all right, fine. So I asked my um um my my my, my like my close family friends dad. And he's a millionaire, you know, he's like, you know, Rich Dad, poor dad, right? Um, he's the poor dad. he's the millionaire that knows how to use money and, and all that stuff. So I asked him and he was like, Yeah, what do you need? I was like, um, you know, 300 bucks. And he like, mm-hmm. I hated asking somebody outside of family. Like I wasn't really taught to do that outside of family. Right. But he was like family friends, like, you know, I'm I'm like an older brother to their son that used to always get You see sold.
0: that was important because you were going to the next circle now.
1: Correct yeah and so keep going yeah and so he like my manager felt the same way he's like oh is that all you need i'm like yeah and i wasn't like all right cool he's like well give the phone to mom and i'll wire it to your account all right cool um and he's like well i'll you know i'll pay you next time i get he's like um he's like and this is his words too so first dude was like we're gonna fire you if you stay here second dude his name's tommy watts Uh he said pay me when you make your first million wow yeah, people write the check and put it in their pocket like, like Jim, uh-huh. Jim Perry. Now, this motherfucker was like, no, you pay me when you make your first million when I was in that point in time. I was like, uh-huh. shit. And he's since passed, but, you know, I was going to write a check and give it to his wife and tell her why. Because I already made a million. Ness I made a million. No, I know. So, <laughs> so, but like, I don't talk about the money. Right. I just do work. So I don't ask for gigs. Right, like I I look for partnerships. Mm-hmm. So so that I was kind of taught this th- that mentality by him. So anyways, he hooked me up. We're there. I'm working in Bed Bath and Beyond. Now I'm like, should I go back to school? You know what's going to happen. My 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 then girlfriend challenged me. She's like, well, my girlfriend's boyfriend is a stockbroker and he makes a killing. You know that kind of conversation when you're in 20s, it just sounds authentic. Uh-huh. I was like, all right, I'll study for my Series Seven. So I did. So at 22. Um, At the Signature Building, the Signature Building in Orlando, like uh, there's the Chatfield Dean and Co. got me in. And so uh, 200 applicants, like Wolf of Wall Street shit, bro. Like yeah. application, you got to have balls of steel. Like I was scratching shit out. Like I was just like, you got to be ego driven. The door, they want that. And I've never been in that setting, but they're like, hey, what do you want to cap out at 100 grand? And I'm like cross a million, like the most boisterous, right? You know egos get in, so I got in. Right. And so now I'm learning how to crack the code on other things that I'm not used to, but playing a role. So I'm in like there were seven of us out of 200. I'm in the I'm in the um elevator with these other cats, and they're like, oh, where did you get? You know my degree's in like finance at Auburn, and blah blah blah. All of them. They're like, hey, Mill what's yours in i'm like i dropped out but when i was in uh my 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 uh my concentration was in media arts they're like the fuck i'm like yeah i don't know either but like but (laughs) i I was in right so so that identifies the grit right it doesn't take a degree in that setting because all they are is pumping in numbers and i already knew that so that was like feeling something that i had nothing to lose on something that I had control over, because I still could go back to Bed Bath and Beyond. So I, in between my breaks at Bed Bath and Beyond, well, I was studying for a Series Seven, and I'm really good at math, by the way. So like and Series
0: Seven is not an easy exam either. Oh no, no, I took I it took in it. Winter park.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So so yields and options and all that shit. I mean, once you memorize things and then you're in it, just like any like sports, it becomes like this muscle memory yes. kind of pattern thing, and and that comes into play with what I do for a living now is patterns. So once I learned a pattern, I could do it. Like calculus, I can memorize, you know, 40 formulas and ace a test and get a B because I didn't turn in my homework. That's I know I, exactly I what
0: guy. you're talking about. I use yeah. patterns to learn Portuguese, but keep going.
1: Yeah, yeah, so, you know, broadly, once you learn the patterns of anything, you could do anything, right? Uh-huh. So, so so, that's how I started learning that. I'm like, well, I know math. If I, if I know math, I could figure out stockbroking, like, and then, you know, words. So, yeah. and I actually took four years of Latin in high school. So even if I need, I didn't know, I could figure things out. Right. So did that. And that was more proving my girlfriend wrong. Um, didn't stay. Um, and I was like, well, let me just go back to school. You know, now that I think UCF was starting to do a digital thing.
2: Uh-huh.
1: I was like, let me get a job at UCF. And then um, that way I could work. And then before, after, between work, I could go to class okay Mm -hmm. so the only job i could find there was a a convenience store that was opening up at the student union that was just being built like that was right the student union so i knew the director of the student union um all those people so i opened up the first convenience store at ucf and fun fact i was the first store in all of orlando uh that sold red bull because the red bull rep came in and I, i i legit they're like i can't sell this to anybody no one knew who red bull was so I was actually almost giving it away yeah. as a hangover remedy, and all the kids loved it. So, anyways, now I'm um now I'm a um a convenience store guy, at UCF, going to class, and then I was like, man, class is still not for me because like I already had this experience management and people and work. So I was like, what do I have in front of me? Oh, the the doctor of um or he um like a PR. Uh, one of the professors of PR, his name is um he used to be the the mayor of um of winter park at some time um mm-hmm. uh, he, he used to be the pr guy for a Duda and sons there in orlando right um morgan john morgan no not john morgan um his name excuse me he was a former air force pilot he wrote, he drove a corvette you know he he's that military guy that oh. got the new I know who you're talking about. I just can't think of his name. Blue
3: suits, always on the TV, giving free shows here in Orlando. Can't remember his name either, but I know who you're talking about. He actually
1: knows Walter Cronkite. He's old school. So, like, so I was like, I was networking with him when I was working at the convenience store. So my thing was let me network with the the people in power, because they're coming to my my store for bagels and coffee and stuff. I was like, what do you do? And then he's like, Oh, I teach the PR class here. And then he started telling his stories and he's very charismatic. Um and so I was like, man, I want to, I'd like to go to your class, but I don't know if I could afford, it. he's like, oh, just come in anyways. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's an auditorial class. Um, I'll grade your stuff, get the book, I'll grade your stuff. And then, um, uh, when you take it, well, then I'll just audit and then put it in. I was like, that's dope. So then I learned how to work the system. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, 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 and people that trusted me and like, okay, you could defer it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh shit, I don't have to go through. The lines that everybody else does okay cool yeah and this guy's very prominent i think he was a colonel or lieutenant colonel or something um retired um and so i networked with him and then i networked with um the what do you call it the orientation team and then the instructional design team there and so then i discovered oh man that's pretty cool too and then and then the people that managed the network at ucf and they were like I really geeked out on that because then I was leaning in towards the digital media stuff by that point, and mm-hmm. I was still in the store, so I was like, okay, if I were to do video, it would look like digital media, and so I was like, all right, let me network with these cats. So the computer people would always come in, get a Slurpee, get their Mountain Dews, you know, come in to do all the stereotypical snacky stuff. So I geeked out with them a little bit, and they're like, hey, there's an opening for a job at UCF to manage the 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 consultants at UCF, the Cybernites, mm-hmm. who Who's in charge of the it's pretty much the elite help desk for the whole campus because they take they take the calls from the provost and the president of UCF, uh John Hitt, I think was the president then. So I was like, Well, I don't think I qualify because I don't know computers as much as you do. They're like, No, we just need a manager. I was like, uh-huh. oh. what kind of like what's the job description? They're like, oh, you have to have at least five years of management experience. I'm like, done. Like, like like all of my retail management, managing uh-huh. people
2: uh-huh. Right. qualify.
1: And guess what my friend, it's a faculty level commitment. So I was a non-degree person with a faculty level job now. So I got the job. Amazing. And it was 20 hours a fucking week with full benefits and I could get free class. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, and and then I look younger then. So when I went to the parking lot faculty in my Honda Accord, the older lady, Walks up, she's like, oh, this, this is not for students. This is for faculty. I'm like, I popped out my badge. She's like, oh. I was like, yeah. yeah. And so now I'm a faculty member working 20 hours a week, Saturday and Sundays, 10 hours each, managing the help desk. Those guys had my back. They're like, just give us all the calls. We'll, we'll handle it. And you just learn from us. I'm like, that. And one of them is a Bitcoin millionaire right now, by the way. Mm. Um, and so so now I'm in like the echelon of nerddom, like mm-hmm. geekdom. And then I was still working instructional design folks at school, and I was like, "That really is cool stuff." And so then it kind of just branched into that. And then um, then I understood how relationships work. And then the instructional design people were like, "Hey, a friend of mine works with the government. Uh, give me your resume." And by this time, um, I made friends at the university at the curricula or the circulation desk at UCF, mm-hmm. and you know those. Computer books actually cost like eighty bucks and hundred bucks Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So my dude was like, "Hey, get me the names of the books that you want. I've got a two million dollar budget for um engineering department, and I'll put it under that." And I'm like, "Okay." And it's in circulation; it's legit. And so you'll just be the first one to check it out. I'm like, "Fair enough." So I did, and I taught myself HTML, Photoshop. Wow. When when Quake was the highest realm of photo shopping stuff. And this is before Macromedia. This is before Adobe. Adobe was only a PDF company. And so I taught myself that. And at the same time, because I had um, my resources working for me, they taught me how to use this thing called Napster and Limelire and some other things. So it was very intimidating because I'm an artist and I had to learn a digital medium with this mouse. So I sucked it up and I learned it. And then learn it to a point to like create my own web page and like some other stuff. Rishi from the ID department, um, instructional design department at UCF was like, Hey, my buddy, Chad, uh, working for the government, they they need a developer for it. And like some design, give me your resume. I'm really good friends with them. Um, we went to FSU, did our undergrad. Okay, cool. Gave it to him. got the job. So, so my first um, job was to uh, um, create the registration feature on the, um, what do you call it? The, um, it's conference there in Orlando, the, the simulations, like that big conference sees like 15, I had my first job was to make that registration page for that thing. And so I worked there at research park and now I'm like in a real job in my mind.
0: Are you doing this all on your own or do you have a team now that you've assembled
1: now or then, but then. Oh, it's just me. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it was just me. I mean, I had so much um, imposter syndrome that I was like doing my best to like just keep up. I was so like scared and hungry at the same time. That I was like, you know, staying up to whatever I can do to like just keep yes. my job. Because now I'm a contractor, dude. Uh-huh. Like, now they're like, oh, submit an invoice. I'm like, what's a PO? You know, like I went from retail and the school system federal the the florida school you know system to this thing to straight up contracting at like i was like like 25 so 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 i was like shit all right so now i get get in i i do my work and then i'm making it up and then um what happened and then like 4 months later they're like hey we got this new camera and this new editing system anybody here um know how to use video i'm like I know a little bit, but I can learn it really fast. And you know, and guess they, they bought an avid editing set um uh-huh. suite. And then it had the um the first Canon um XLR, whatever the one with mm-hmm. the interchangeable lens, I forgot what it's called.
2: Right. And so
1: and it was mini DV of all things, but it was hot shit back then. And then I uh-huh. think um James Best in Orlando, also known as Roscoe, was part of MCIA at the time, right? And so he had the first mini DV or, you know, HD cameras in all of Orlando. And so I became part of that group. So I learned from them. I was like, all right, my backup is to ask these people what the hell to do. So I always had a backup on when I was pushing forward on stuff. It was never like, because there was no internet for me to, I mean, there was internet. There was not resources on the internet to Google this stuff. So I was always no, had There was no team. YouTube
3: or university. I know what you're saying. Yeah. No yeah. YouTube or so, university at the time, yeah.
1: So so I did all that stuff. And then, um, yeah, I, I worked it for five years. I was in the air for th- every three weeks. I, I went to all the Navy depots. I was capturing artisans and torquing wrenches. And, uh, you know, I worked on Harriers, you know, EA6Bs, you know, uh, e-learning, e-learning in its infancy. I was working and I created that for the aging workforce. So. When the old guys are coming off the line, we needed to capture that knowledge and put it in. I had six PhD level um, instructional designers creating the curriculum. And then I created the multimedia. So I was like the multimedia developer at the time. Mm -hmm. Anyways, all of it was like self-taught, self-learning until they told me no. But I kept reading it. And then probably about the last year I was there, the government wanted or the the government contractor wanted to sponsor me as an 8A. And they're like, oh. You know to your point Don. like then they wanted me to have a whole system now they're like take what you have we'll sponsor you because they wanted that 8a money right so so i looked into it, i was like nah i'm not gonna burn out and i'm not gonna waste what i like, capped out at 20 mil that four years or seven years whatever that cap is i'm like a lot of those companies kind of like maximize all that stuff in the first couple of years i'm like i'm not i'm not a businessman yet i i don't want to i still want to be my craft so anyways That's where the digital part of my career uh, Uh really kind of started. And then um, I know I've told you a lot, but now um, there's UX, right? User experience design and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. And so now I get hired to do at the time, like Sears' iPad, iPhone, Android stuff, Kmart, Craftsman. So it's funny because I, I firmly believe that I have the most retail experience out of any dev or digital designer, at least in my vicinity, because I already know how to count a till, where the money's coming from, the mentality comes in, the human behaviors that people expect to develop that to the point where when I did work for um, Sears in Chicago, we won the mobile retailer of the year award, we beat out Amazon. So me learning computer programming and all that stuff was just a catalyst for me to understand how to get in and then create value. And then, so that's kind of where my expertise on digital started, and now more into like 360 and VR, and it's like catapulted. So I've only used the same, grabbing my resources. What can I do? You know, I'm still 12 years old in a room. What can I do with my toys uh, Mm -hmm. and maximize, you know, value? So,
0: so this is is, all of this is basically occurring to about age 25, 26, 27 now yeah, yeah. At, at this point in your life have you i don't want to use the word slow down because that's not the appropriate word but have you gotten to the point where you can distance yourself and have others doing what you were doing so that you could go out and kiss more frogs
1: absolutely and and that's why i like you know introduced nest to my producer like my thing now is uh, if i create any company i'm a higher ceo because i need to be in charge of um, creative. Right? Correct. And, correct.
0: Then, and at yeah. the same time, you're building an asset value in the company. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, and now you, guess, you could I, have a
0: few sick days now if you wanted to.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, I, you know, I was wheeling around my kids in the yard like before this convo, you know, where or, or I, I literally have um, built. I've, and the funnier thing is, probably for a good 20 years, I've only worked for a billion dollar companies and like Kimberly Clark or, or things that right. you touch today. Like, of the human population touches a Kimberly Clark product Mm Nest like Kleenex, Kotex, all that stuff. And I get to write the roadmap for their smart restroom system at the, at the um, freedom tower in New York. Like I get to do that shit now. Right. But other companies hire me too, like Spotify. Like it's weird. Because I know where I came from, Mm -hmm. but now like Spotify is hiring me before they went IPO. I mean, they tried twice and I did my research. They contact me. They're like, Hey, and I'm like, I got to look, I got to, I got to look on the opposite. I'm like, is this fake? Is this fishing? <laughs> like Facebook called me up, but five years ago, because they started their new business intelligence um, division of 40 people. And the only reason why I didn't take, take the job is like, I'm not moving out there and being a grunt or not a grunt, but like, you know, working my nuts off day in day. out, am not seeing my kids. I'm like, but to your point of awareness, Don, now I know these companies want me. And i know my value and i get i literally get to like pick where i want to go and so i've been in five different industries been successful based on a lot of numbers and a lot of reach and so my goal has always been to like reach out to millions of people anonymously and so if you ever even been to an atm machine um i was i was a i was the director of ux for the largest atm manufacturer on the planet and my software was in every single one of them and so there's a like again i do things anonymous like watching a movie like you create an a a story in the moment that make people like have emotional connections, like I do that. Like that's what I do. And it's weird because it's a new medium and now like, you know, I'm doing it in 360, in VR, like even more uniquely. So I always find like a unique track now and then, um, you know, try to have fun with it and normally I get paid for it. But
0: I don't know if you see this, but I see what I see in you is this. And I think it's, it describes to a great extent your success. the uh, older uh, the older uh, generation of anti-aircraft missiles would lock onto the heat source of the jet aircraft and follow it until it got very close and then it would detonate. The yep. more sophisticated anti-aircraft missiles these days figure out where the plane will be. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. and you're, you it seems like you've done that for your entire career whether it was planned, or that's simply something deeper within you. You figure you start moving ahead of the curve completely, and then when when the demand catches up to that point, you're already an expert.
1: So to your or point, considered to, to be an up. expert. Well, and that, that that's funny you mentioned that because even um, Barry uh, Nest keeps telling me he's like, dude, like how do I sell your shit? You know, you're six years ahead. I'm like, I don't know. That's for you to figure out. Yeah. And so. Yes. You know, even when I was with, um, it's called D-Bolt-Nixdorf, the ATM company. That was 10 years ago. They were like, dude, you're like 10 years ahead of us. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, then you figure it out. You're a big-ass, billion-dollar company. And my idea 10 years ago was you drive in with your Tesla. It authenticates because you have an iPhone, you know, open. And then when it's raining outside, then your door comes down. You get the money out of the ATM. You take it out and it, everything's automatic because it authenticates you because you normally get 60 bucks at a time and you don't have to touch one button. Everything's authenticated. They're like, we can't, that was 10 years ago. So they haven't even caught up to that. So I don't just make ideas because they're awesome sounding, they're highly practical. So I actually figure out the why ahead of time because I'm actually analog, Don. If it weren't for this digital stuff, I would. I, I'm in a shed right now, to be honest with you. And I converted it um, with electricity and all the creature comforts. so I could be off grid. Um, I have a, uh, a Starlink. So, like, I've got the most technology in an 800-person town. They don't know what I do. And it doesn't matter because I'm forecasting, to your point, uh, things ahead of the curve. Yes. But I, I keep myself grounded and my kids grounded to show I can work with my hands and not just digital. Because, like, again, looking at resources, if all this digital stuff goes away, how do I – provide a living or show my kids what to do I'll I have enough knowledge to 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 back that up it doesn't have to be digital I just happen to be really really good at my instincts and it just keeps going so did did I slow down nah man like I always have to pause and be like do I want to go through this because I know my anxiety is going to be so high and I'm gonna be like so into it I like I you know my deep diving into something is like to the point where my wife's like you love it I'm like. No, that's where you're wrong. I don't love it. Like, I I do it because the out, outcome is this. So do I have to love it? Hell yeah. It's just like marriage and relationships. You've got to force yourself to love the shit out of it. If you don't like it, then don't do it. Find something else. Another so,
0: strength that I see that you have is that I've, I don't know if you've ever been IQ tested, but I would no. def, I would think that you would be in the genius level. <laughs> it, 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 it would, you would be Mensa anyway. Uh, now, and a lot of those people, they're so heavily uh, weighted to one side that their EQ is is deficient, and they have diff. They they need someone else to get them to 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 combine the DNA such that they can operate within a group. But so, you definitely have EQ, and I'm sure the retail helped that. But yeah. I think you had it already.
1: I told you all the superficial stuff. Right on the right. on the internal stuff. Is that my my real dad? He's Filipino and he's an engineer. He's actually an industrial engineer. Uh-huh. So, so I'm actually um, anal analytical. So my left and right brain work in tandem, and um, all the Myers Briggs tests that I've taken, I'm like right in the middle.
2: Uh-huh. And so,
1: um, so even my DNA is built like that. Like I like right now, I'm in the RV industry, and that's crazy because it's more mechanical, and I'm trying to make it more RVs. Yeah, good, yeah.
0: Good.
1: I, I, like I get to make decisions on. Like, without indulging, because you know it's publicly traded. But like, um, you
0: mean RV is in like motorhomes? Oh yeah, I okay. work for the
1: largest manufacturer in the world, uh-huh. and so I'm in. I'm in charge of all their digital products. Uh, my my peers actually, you know, are in charge of all the components. Eighty percent of most RVs on the planet um, come from this manufacturer.
0: So you're you you have your own companies, and you're also working. As a contractor employee for other companies. Yep. Okay. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll field one where it makes sense, right? Like yes. tractor supply reached out and then, you know, I helped them with, with their mobile stuff because of my experience. Um, but you know, they're they're actually at the point now where Sears was 10 years ago. So there's a lot of companies that want to do that. I'm like, Well, I mean, it's money. I mean, you know, like what, what might take a normal person 10 hours to make, you know, uh takes me one hour, right? So so now I have like a lawyer mentality right because of value and so you know they find me like i really don't i mean i've been blessed because it was the opposite and my number one goal don out of all of it and i was talking to this kid yesterday he's trying to sell you know solar um yeah i was like oh, I'm, I'm good he's like well why i was like i could actually create my own <laughs> and, I <was> like, what? <laughs> and uh and so i did and he's like oh damn i was like yeah i'm probably one out of-. i'm like but good luck to you and uh you know it's a six-year-old kid grinding I'm like, yeah, man, the only thing I would say is if you're 16, like tell them you're 16 first before you open up your mouth because you look like you're 19 and they could turn you down really fast. So if you're going to make yeah. like your looks get you through the door, let them empathize with you first and then get into the door. So I gave him some tips. But anyways, I gave him this tip. I was like, out of all the stuff I've done, the number one thing was food and shelter. Uh-huh. Like, How do I take care of food? Like, I'm surprised I could feed my family, right? So um, when I was younger, I was like, man, 20 bucks left to eat for the month kind of thing. So my goal legit was, how can I buy groceries without looking at the prices? How can I be not junk food, just food? You know, just like, how can I not? How can I just get the things that I need and not worry about prices? And so we're like 99% organic here. And mm-hmm. I don't even look at the prices. And I'm stupid. But I'm not going to like go across town to save 10 cents because my time's more valuable to be at home right. and make my errands, you know so I, I i see value in that but food wise you know yeah i mean i don't i I could eat ramen forever and like live on a budget but and we do but can i afford to have lobster and steak yeah but is it practical nope you know like that kind of stuff now i have a, a, a family of four and yeah, my so- wife is a, is a stay-at-home mom she homeschools the kids You know, Uh um, probably a smart uh, idea. Right. And they were going to Montessori. I told her the same deal. I was like, Hey, Uh I could spend more money on this Montessori thing, or I could give you that same budget. If probably not less and put it into whatever the fuck you want to buy for certifications, books, whatever you want to do. So she did. And so um, even in my own household, you know, we work things out practically because it makes sense to us. And so I control several factors, but even our kids don't even know what I do for a living. I don't tell my code they could, they could do whatever the hell they want to be successful. Do they, if they want to go to college, sure. If they want 30 grand to do seed money when they're 16, fuck yeah, I'm going to do that. You know, um, if they, you know, if, if they want me to be in a situation of putting them in success, yeah, whatever it takes, as long as they're doing it. And so Montessori is teaching them independence and not to use electronics and a, you know, be hands-on learning. I mean, it's a, it's a whole curriculum and I learned most of it from my wife, but yeah. I mean, now I tell this kid that's coming up to my door, um, yeah, I didn't go to college. And he's like, he's 16 now. He's like, oh man, yeah, there's no need for it. And he's homeschooled. I'm like, it's now gonna be part of by the time my eight-year-olds get up to be sixteen, you know, there's not gonna be four-year college situations. Like, and I and I kind of to your point about the curve, I predicted that when I was doing e-learning for the government, because at the time full sale was coming up right and it was 14 month programs for 60 grand or whatever i'm like oh that's a no-brainer because people want to get to start making money and making up that 60 grand not four years so anyways to your point um no i did not slow down did i accept other other things to make my life crazier yeah but high risk high reward it's calculated uh you know i have the blessings of my wife and, and friends and family like you know two of my friends one's a doctor with a, um, a self pay program that's killing it here in South Carolina. The other one's a, a former NFL player who was in the Super Bowl with the Se- Seahawks back in the day, like, mm-hmm. and he's in a Bitcoin now. So like, I literally balance my life with different people, and 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 you know, I'm not crazy. If if you think that I'm a genius, I'm not crazy because uh, these people keep me level set and say, okay, yeah, fair enough. I mean, I've read about it or I haven't read about it before, but you know, you do you. So. That's where
0: I'm at. You're moving at such a, a speed that, unlike most people, you don't even even seem to have time for remorse or regret. Uh, because <laughs> although, it, although you've mentioned that you've basically de- developed your life completely on your own, I don't hear any kind of resentment no. toward your parents. No. None at all. None at all, no. which is, it. I think you've reached the stage of of, of maturity early on that, you know, uh, uh, not, not alone though. March. There is no other law than that.
1: There, there, before there was hope and a lot of prayer. Now there's a lot of therapy and understanding and rationalization. Yes. So, you know, I, you know, my mom now has dementia and so she does not know who I am. Right. So it's almost like, you know, I had to accept the fact that she's dying. So I had to, you know, so so I had to see a therapist for these things in my life. And then, you know, my maturity comes from those things. Talking to folks like you guys and my friends, like, I've been very, very blessed to not be on the other side of the ground. And in fact, like, my tattoo says that. It says um, death. Yes. And it says, it says life.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah, because it's a balance. Did you design that or did uh, did the artist? I, I saw it on you. Method
1: Man from the Wu-Tang Clan. Uh-huh. Um on MTV. And the crazier thing is, I saw it. My sister passed away when I was 14 and she was 19. And then um, I became like the single child. My mom raised us by herself. And then I wanted a tattoo. Saw the tattoo on Method Man back in the day. Got it in Chicago. I was going through my divorce then. And then what night 2019, uh, Ness, when I did the um the biggest hip-hop concert in Atlanta. Yes. on stage? Wu Tang Clan. I got a BTS guy. I flew in from Tampa. I was like, "Come over," and he filmed me dapping the tattoo that I saw method <laughs> Man after he spit a bar. We dapped him, and I was like, "Thanks, man." He doesn't even know the story, but because he had to go back and rap. But like, that's how crazy my life is. Like, I live a life of serendipity, but I also know, like to your point, like there's some of calculation. If I sat down and did it, yes. that it happened. Yeah. And, and,
3: and a force that's pulling you.
0: like are yeah. Yeah,
3: and, and the funny thing is that you're in, uh, and you designed that cockpit that you're in there, 360 design is what I'm, I understand it before. So like, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's like, it's something that's f- it's funny because like, dude, I was there at that event. I just chose to pass on my tickets to someone else that I thought would appreciate it more. But now that I know you were there, man, I should have just gone there and hit you up. But that's the thing is like, it's, like you were probably on stage working. <laughs>
1: oh Lord, I did you were there. I was there, dude. <laughs> i was like but you see you see that's that's the that's that's the paradox of what i do i don't get to enjoy production when i'm working on a set like that right like you know
3: right
1: and i'd wish you came up because i know you would and i would get satisfaction about the job because i didn't pay myself for that one because um i paid my crew i flew into number one 360 youtube influencer and then i had five other people and i did it in four days bro like, I got the call on Tuesday, and he's like, hey, man, can you can you put a crew together? I'm like, when? He's like, Saturday. I'm like, fuck. And I'm like, all right, bet. Let me figure this out. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah. And it's like 360 cameras, man. Like, these things are five grand each, and another camera's like, you know, 15, and it's 3D stereoscopic and all this fancy shit. But the guy that put me on, Don, remember the Outcast video for Heya, ah, the Heya ah video? That director has done Christina Aguilera stuff. I got introduced to him by the guy... By the producer who made the Boys to Men album, uh-huh. and like my whole lineage of people came through. Actually, after I left Ness uh, when we first met, and then that's what made me get on stage. It's like Brian Barber was like, "Hey, put a team together." I'm like, "All right, I'll get you the shot." So I got him the shot.
0: Yeah, no, it's amazing. Uh, what? Uh, not what? Not working for the for someone else or for the RV company, but what you do on your own? Are there large startup costs involved with that? Large barriers to entry, or is it basically something that you could do out of your garage?
1: Well, do do what the 360 stuff, or yes, oh yeah, the 360, yeah, I
0: mean, the I could, UX, yeah,
1: yeah, I, I, could, I could do it all in house, um, and then teach
0: others. So, there's not much need for funding for financing,
1: no, it, I mean, I've already got $80,000 worth of gear that's paid for.
0: Okay, so you basically crack the code, you really don't need investors you don't need to go to banks, you don't no. need angels, you don't need crowdfunding, you don't need any of that.
1: If, if I did, then um, another buddy of mine started the largest angel investment network in South Carolina and he, he's like, he's literally waiting for me to like pitch him. I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. And the funnier thing is when I when I started with the government, uh-huh. um, my, my backup guy, the guy that kind of taught me like his workflow with like uh, Final Cut and all that stuff, he was freelancing a lot. And he's like, always get building your 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 production equipment into your 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 PO's, meaning mm-hmm. after the first two contracts, your stuff's already paid for. And I've always followed it.
2: Mm-hmm. I was
1: like, I didn't put on a credit card because I ain't got a credit card, credit was bad. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, well, well, I'll just do that. So I've always made sure that you know, either I charged 20 grand for a project and I only needed like four grand worth of new equipment and it's already paid for. And then now it's like rinse and repeat 100%. The, the most I made probably at that time when I was 30 was like, I'd made like 80 grand in one month. And I, I had like 14 grand of overhead. So I pocketed like 65 maybe. And I and I hired one of the guys and I also lost $800,000 in one month. Um, But this was like for an e-learning contract. But yeah, yes. um, I make, I make sure to your point that I'm in a position of power. So I leverage my value over being I don't, I don't want to cloud myself over oh man we got to get this contract because we got to pay for our our warehouse we got to pay for this like that's very reactive to me and so i try to be um proactive and the proactive part is like i could just sit here for half a year and you know take care of my family cook mm-hmm. meals and figure out what my next plan is you know mm-hmm. um and, and and so you know it, it took a while to get to that point you know it's, it's not easy but yeah
0: for what you do, is there any, would there be any value at all in terms of having like a brick and mortar uh, office or is, is that just completely unnecessary for you?
1: If the company grows to 100 plus, it probably will be. And that's just for aesthetics, right? It's like a uh-huh. bank. My question right? like- is that
3: but the thing is that you've talked told to me about a certain project you want to do and i don't want to say because this is up to you to decide to, you know share it with us and we also i gotta want to keep your your time in mind because i know you said you had a hard out at one um but remember we were talking about being everywhere at the same exact time because in our jobs we have to be, be able to be everywhere and yeah. especially with now where like you have your are literally your office is a shed in your backyard yeah so that's the wonderful thing about, I think, that what we're doing is we really don't need a bar- morning, but you said it's for a. Well,
1: here's yeah. a crazier thing. Before the pandemic, I was already working remotely for larger companies. I was, like, usually one of seven people in a billion-dollar company. Like, like, Sears Home Improvements is in Longwood, right? Yes. I created the first com site, man. And then um, when I moved to South Carolina in, was it 2007? Yeah, 2007, because I got married to... My wife, we moved to Charleston. They gave me all the Cisco equipment to put my house. No one knew I was missing. They're like, oh, just answer the calls. I was in Charleston and I was at the headquarters. They made a billion dollars a year, right? And so, and then even with the government. So during the five years I was working in government when I was in my 20s,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: probably the third year in, I was about to get burned out because I was flying so much and I was just doing so much work. I was charging them, you know, day rates and stuff like that. And it got to the point where I was getting very, very efficient. That's when I knew how to make my time more efficient instead of, you know, doing hard work on myself. I made it smarter. So I was like, all right, let me work four days and take one day off. Let me do my own flex schedule. They're like, yeah, you can do that. Cause you're a, you're a contractor. I'm like, I didn't know I could do that. You know, like you don't know until you do it or ask. Or and someone so that, actually points it out for you. Yeah. yeah. So that, that was like, dude, like, See, I worked with the government, like, uh, I want to say, nine, is it 98 to 2004? So, like, so it's like, I didn't know. I just was tired, and I was just doing it because I was tired. And so I had I had a housekeeper. I lived at um Central Park, Park Central, there on John Young Parkway. Mm-hmm. um And, and I had to get a housekeeper. I had to have to get a housekeeper to do my laundry because I was always flying. She did my laundry on Thursday when I got back and the luggage and all that stuff by friday i had a clean apartment clean stuff ready to go party in orlando i I told you how much those expensive weekends cost Ness. Mm -hmm. you know and then yeah it was crazy but um i came i became more efficient and then now i know that back, back then i could work remotely no problem as long as i showed my work but i but you know now it's like oh well you know they're trying to tighten up on people work from home like i've literally been doing it for 20 years and you know it's like even now i could I, I i know what i need to pack in my bag like especially working with the government right um i had to stay two hours longer in the airport because whenever i'd go to a a destroyer ship mm-hmm. they have residue from the flipping you know cannons and so yes. like here's my paper call them up da-da-da-da. i'm like i'm so used to it so i don't even rush to get to the You know, I'm so used to it, but like, do I know what to pick up? Um, And in my closet, like it was like color coded short, long sleeve, like the efficiency of me getting stuff in my Mm -hmm. bag, Mm -hmm. going on a plane with this equipment was like four years of it now. Yeah. Um, With 360, even there's nothing you can Google to look at what gear to bring for what shoot at what situation. Like I've literally developed that on my own since 2018 Right. And then I hired the best. And even he was like, Oh, you should make a video on. I'm like, No, that's you. Like, I got to, I'm doing me. Like, once I put it out there, people can start copying it. I'm like, I can't do that because even if you looked at my LinkedIn, I never put in the last corporation I started working with because at my level, there's their competitors that look at and trace what I'm doing. So I can't put anything out because these are publicly traded companies and it'll steal right. secrets. I can't risk that because to your point about the curve, that's where I'm at. I can't, I'd love to be normal. Can't be normal. Uh, that Like I, I I can't, that, that to me feeds most people's egos. I don't know. It worry, does. I'm, definitely. I, I'm not worried about that. Like I could give it to Ness and be like, Ness, you're my ghostwriter. Uh, you do you. And then, you know, it's coming from you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, and so my mom as a kid told me my gift is that um I'm lucky. Meaning I could go to Vegas for you guys and give you both $10 right? And then I could take my $10, put it down, I'll lose it. You're 99% guaranteed that you're going to make $100 off of the $10 I gave you. Like it's, I've done it. It's weird. I work better through people, Don. So even if I create it, I don't have ego in the game because I need people like Ness. I need like a crew to do it. Like to your point, I put together a six person 360 team in 2019 in Atlanta. And it's like, number one, who does that? Two, how can you do that in four days when no one really has been an expert? Three hundred and sixty. I'm like, I knew enough to do it, and so yeah, I'm resourceful. And can I pick up and leave? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I tell this to my crews all, and and they're, I have enough crews to where they're good for the gig, but not full time. Mm-hmm. But that's why I have my 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 my, my founder Barry now is that now he's going to help me create a company that could be full time Exactly. and then we could we could we could start doing things cuz we're we're expanding it like we're literally creating a platform to do events where you could like you you've heard of choose your own adventure don? Yes. So what if you could do that with video? Like what if you could look at the outcome in different angles at whatever time you need in like 360 180 or whatever like just the the option of it. So cuz cuz right now all of us are locked into this frame that's composed by an editor, a technical director, or director, like from their storytelling. And then when you watch it, close-up tights and all this stuff. But that's on their perspective of what they think the the audience is looking for. But what if the audience has full control over what they want to see? Like, I want to see that girl in the crowd this whole time. (laughs) I want to watch this one player at a time. So Uh I've developed the technology with commercial off-the-shelf stuff, caught stuff to do this because I talked to my patent lawyer um, that February that the pandemic hit, I flew out to DC and I was like, how can I patent this? And he was like, Oh, you can't patent the ingredients, but you could patent the recipe. I was like, bet. Mm -hmm. So to your point, as long as I got my recipe, I'm good. I could go anywhere. It don't matter where I'm at. I could, or I could rebuy the things I have. Um, You know, things are replicatable, but replicating what I do, you know,
0: yeah, I think okay. the brick and mortar would make sense for you, if you if you didn't get the brick and mortar so much to do business. But number one, in terms of buying real estate, kind of like what McDonald's does. Yep. and Number two, simply to brand your name physically, where you have a uh, a, a meal building here and a meal building yep. there, so p- people would just see, it, it would become obvious at that point.
1: Don, if, I mean, I am super open. If you see that vision and you want to share that vision, then absolutely I'll entertain the crap out of it because, you know, um, and that's where, you know, Barry would come in on on that respect too, because, you know, um, I'm so focused on this. In other words, Um, you
0: um, wouldn't need the office space, but you would buy that. That would be incidental to the real estate deal. And your name would be at the top of the building, like Trump to Plaza. That kind yeah. of thing. Trump Tower. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Before we wrap it up, uh, most people that we speak to, that we interview, they have something very definable so that I would say if people want to get into contact get into contact with you, how what would be the best way to contact you? But in your case, you seem to be all over the place. Is there any one way you would define yourself uh, in terms of um, what you do such that of I say what would be the best way to contact you.
1: Okay. So, um, the website and the name of, of the company is Three Hundred and Sixty VR crew. Um, and so what we do is, um, you know, if you want to learn how to be on a crew and do it for yourself, then we could teach you. If you want to be on our crew, you could do that. If you want us to create it for you, we could do it. But I, I try to co- come up with something simple too. Plus when you're, you know, in production, you have to have an official shirt that says your crew or else you're just another guy in a t-shirt. So, um, so, you know, I own the brand. Um, yeah, either be part of the team or, or or hire us to do it, but that's what we do. Yeah, 360 VR crew at Gmail, 360 uh, VR crew on Instagram, YouTube, and I have all the names and all the profiles. So yes, so. with
0: your permission, we'd love to have you back because well, for also for selfish reasons, I'd like to see how you might be able to help us with the real estate business VR in regard oh, yeah. to that as well to things that other people wouldn't have thought of, etc.
1: Well, I, could, uh, I could I could I do a fake drone shot with a 10 foot pole that looks like it's 30 going from inside and outside of of, of real estate spots. Um, I yeah. think back in the day I used to do some work for Charlie Orton uh for remaps there. But um but yeah, any anything, give me a challenge of what you're trying to solve for that you see is your um your value prop. Okay. And then I'll I'll reverse, I'll take that and Reverse engineer to look at my comps and look at how everybody else is doing it and make it yours. Like I, that's kind of like what I do, because I look at the weaknesses out there. So What's my
3: up? challenge is going to be this: the next time we get, we we're going to have him as a, show, a guest because I'm yes. producing this show. Um, sure. what I'm going to do is get you to make sure that you're because we're going to get a, a place that we're going to affiliate and partner up with in a cigar shop, an establishment, and have you as a guest, and we'll add that value on top of that to basically yeah. make it all one custom made, yeah, then, but I want to get him out of here and spend, cause I know sure. he's an important guy and we, he, he's got meetings and he's making the time. So thank you very much. Thank you so very much. Yeah. Thank you guys
0: so much thank for your you, time. Yeah. Thank you. It's been an honor uh, and a pleasure.